It is now in order to consider H.R. 188, the Proven Forest Management Act. Copies of the bill were circulated to members' offices in accordance with the committee's notice requirements. I ask unanimous consent that the Subcommittee on Federal Lands be discharged from further consideration of the bill without objection. So ordered, without objection, the bill will be considered as read and open to amendment at any point. Does any member wish to be recognized for purpose of debate on the bill? Sure. Mr. McClintock, the bill sponsor, you're recognized for five minutes. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. First, I want to thank the committee for marking up this bill today. The Proven uh, Forest Management Act extends an existing law that was passed with bipartisan support and signed as part of the WIN Act by President Obama in 2016. That law provided for a categorical exclusion from the National Environmental Policy Act for forest thinning projects up to 10,000 acres under certain conditions within the Tahoe Basin. Now, under NEPA, a simple forest thinning project requires an average of four and a half years of environmental studies that produce reports often exceeding 800 pages. They cost millions of dollars to produce, often more than the value of the timber that we're removing. Federal timber auctions that once produced millions of dollars to the federal government now cost us money, so not a lot of it gets done. Federal timber harvests in the Sierra have declined 80% as a result. The Lake Tahoe categorical exclusion has now been in effect for eight years. It's taken the review time for thinning projects from four and a half years to less than four months. It's cut the reports from 800 pages to a few dozen. Under this authority, the Tahoe Basin Management Unit has increased the removal of excess timber from 1 million board feet a year to an average of 9 million board feet. Treated acreage in the Tahoe Basin is now tripled. The chairman mentioned the Caldor Fire, and that is tragic and very instructive. The Caldor Fire broke out last year. Uh, it uh, affected a wide region that included both the city of South Lake Tahoe and the town of Grizzly Flats. Both of them are in El Dorado County. Uh, both of them are just within uh, a few a dozen miles of each other. And both of them, to the ranking member's point, are affected by exactly the same climate. That fire hit a tract on the Pioneer Trail that had been treated under this new authority on its way to destroying the city of South Lake Tahoe. When it hit that tract, the fire lay down and firefighters were able to stop it. South Lake Tahoe was saved. The town of Grizzly Flats wasn't as, as fortunate. It sits right next door, just as I said, a few dozen miles from, from uh, South Lake Tahoe, same fire for more than a decade. Land managers were trying to thin the trestle project. Everyone knew that it was a clear threat to Grizzly Flats. It was held up by environmental laws and the endless litigation arising from them and still had not been undertaken when that same Caldor fire incinerated the entire town. Apparently the climate loved Lake, South Lake Tahoe but didn't care much for Grizzly Flats. The, 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 what a tragic and unnecessary destruction of an entire town. And I wish you could see it, Mr. Chairman. You ought to take a visit there sometime. It's, it, it's heartbreaking. You get to the center of town. You can't tell you're in the center of town. You can't tell you're in a town at all. It was completely flattened. The general store gone, the post office gone, the entire downtown gone. People who'd lived there their whole lives told me that when, when they reached the town, they didn't know where they were because there were no reference points remaining for them. The destruction was that complete. This bill could have saved uh, Grizzly Flats. 
It could save a lot of other towns uh, that are going to be destroyed if we don't get serious about managing our forests. The city of um, South Lake Tahoe is alive today because of that bill, and we desperately need to extend its provisions throughout uh, all of our federal lands. The amendment in the nature of a substitute makes a few technical changes based on feedback from the Forest Service to ensure that this bill is successful at delivering better forest health results across the nation. Specifically, it includes language uh, uh, to ensure that all of our national forests and public lands managed by BLM will benefit from the expedited active forest management provided by this legislation. In addition, uh, this ANS addresses some concerns raised by the Forest Service to ensure that responsible forest management projects don't suffer delays due to ambiguities in interpretation. I'd urge my colleagues to support the ANS, the underlying bill, uh, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Is there further discussion on the on the bill? Gentleman from California, Mr. Huffman, you're recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And while I am uh, happy to support the other bills before us today, uh, I must unfortunately oppose uh, HR 188. Uh, look, as as we all know, and I hope agree, wildfires in the West and now the East have become catastrophic. Uh, certain Republicans on this committee may not want to admit that climate change is real. But code purple air quality days in Washington, D.C., due to wildfire smoke, uh, you know, have a way of bringing that reality home. And last week's air quality also puts the lie to this narrative we hear sometimes uh, in our conversations in this committee that we can just log our way to fire safety. Uh, these fires came from Canada, where there are far less stringent environmental laws than we have in the United States. In fact, there's a lot of clear cutting in Quebec and Ontario, where most of the smoke that we were uh, visited with last week came from. So this would be a good time to acknowledge the reality that our environmental laws are not to blame uh, for catastrophic wildfires and that climate change is creating warmer, drier conditions in our forests, which layered with 100 years of fire suppression is leading to catastrophic megafires. Effective and active management of our forests is necessary, but it's gonna require collaboration and consensus to ensure that our national forests are managed for multiple uses and to protect communities and the environment. And unfortunately, taking a narrowly tailored categorical exclusion that was focused on the wildland-urban interface in populated areas of Lake Tahoe and extrapolating that to the entire federal forest system uh, is an overreach and is not the way we ought to go. Uh, this is instead an industry-led agenda to undermine environmental laws by mandating categorical exclusions for forest management activities and fuel reduction projects. And it establishes uh, this categorical exclusion for a range of forest management activities and fuel reduction projects, many of which already have streamlining authorities to move projects faster. Democrats are interested in real solutions to this crisis, which is why we secured over $5 billion for forestry, for federal forest management and wildfire-related programs in the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the so-called bipartisan infrastructure law, although it was not bipartisan in this committee, and an additional $1.8 billion for fuels and, vegetable, uh, fuels and vegetation management uh, in the IRA. Not a single Republican member of this committee voted for either of these bills. There's a lot of good work happening out there. 
uh, on our federal forest lands. Unfortunately, it is happening in spite of the opposition to these investments from our friends across the aisle, and I hope we can change that so we can begin working together uh, on fire resiliency. Uh, but I do oppose H.R. 188, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Is there further discussion? Mr. Duarte, you're recognized for five minutes. Well, I want to rise today to support H.R. 188 and a Congratulate Congressman McClintock on his hard work getting here to get this, uh, this bill put forward again. Uh, I, I farm in this area of the world. The Caldor Fire was just 10 or 20 miles from my, my farming operation. I've had my field crews come out of their homes and stay at my ranch, um, taking refuge from the fires, burning their homes and their communities. Uh, South Basin Lake Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe Basin, is a great place to, um, to live. It's got some beautiful homes and they're certainly worth saving through sustainable um, forestry practices and, and forest thinning. But the fuels inventory maps throughout California do not lie. And just as the town of Paradise went ablaze when its fuel inventories were unmanaged for decades, um, my area of the world in Georgetown and El Dorado County near Lake Tahoe has the same fuels inventories maps that, that were just right outside Paradise. And although the homes in these areas aren't um, on the lake, they don't have boat ramps, um, the people are at least as important. And I wanna thank Congressman McClintock for prioritizing this and expanding this program to serve not just the South Tahoe Basin, but all of the rural communities throughout the Sierra Nevada and America where people live and work and um, are subject to these forest fires. Um, in one study, the forest fires of 2020 alone in California offset all of the CO2 programs California had engaged, supported, subsidized billions and billions of dollars with over the previous 17 years. So these forest fires are tragic, they're unnecessary, and this bill, along with H.R. 1450, which we previously discussed, are going to move the needle a long ways in an economic way that will bring private enterprise and communities back to sustaining their force in a healthy way. And again, I congratulate Congressman McClintock and Congressman Fulker for these thoughtful and necessary bills. Thank you, I yield back. Gentleman yields back, is there further discussion on the bill? Mr. Chairman? Would you, uh, Mr. Grijalva, you're recognized for five minutes. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, and uh, I oppose the bill. And while I appreciate the sponsor's commitment and and passionate advocacy for uh, expedited forest management, uh, if you'll excuse the pun, but it really does seem like we're missing the forest for the trees. Last week, wildfire broke smoke from Canada, uh, blanketed the skies of much of the East Coast, including here in Washington, D.C. The air quality in New York City was the worst in modern history, put it, putting millions of people at risk. While the levels of air pollution last week were extreme by any measure, for those of us living in the West, wildfire smoke has become an all too common occurrence. And despite what my colleagues across the aisle will try to say, it's not because of NEPA or any other environmental law. The reason the wildfires are getting more intense and wildfire seasons are getting longer and longer is plain. It is simply about climate change. Climate change is creating the warmer, drier conditions that turn controllable wildfires into catastrophic wildfires. And of course, that climate change is being fueled by our addiction to oil and gas. Uh, however, those dots don't get connected. Rather than address the root of the problem 
and work to limit carbon pollution, my Republican colleagues see yet another opportunity to promote an industry-led agenda to undermine essential environmental protections. What's worse is that we're discussing this bill right on the heels of House Republicans forcing major changes to NEPA in the debt ceiling deal in the, host in the hostage situation just two weeks ago. NEPA and our environmental laws are not holding us back when it comes to forest management. The Forest Service Chief has already testified that 85% of forest management projects are actually exempted from NEPA's detailed environmental review process through categorical exclusions. The real issue, as we've heard from numerous experts, are agency capacity, staff turnover, and other ex external factors. NEPA is not the problem. The agency needs continued investment in capacity and no more shortcuts. And I urge a no vote and I yield back. Well, before I yield, Mr. Chairman, excuse me, let me uh, ask to put into the record a few items. The first is a recent peer review, a reviewed report by the Union of Concerned Scientists that outlines an issue I highlighted in my opening remarks. Recent increases in wildfire risk are directly linked to carbon pollution and fossil fuels emissions. This, there is a finding backed by another peer-reviewed report conducted by NOAA in 2017. And finally, I, uh, I have opposition letters signed by several national and regional conservation groups, including Earth Justice, Wilderness Society, and the League of Conservation Voters. Uh, if there's no objection, I ask unanimous consent that all these items be entered into the record, and I yield back. Thank you. Without objection, so ordered. Uh, Mr. LaMalfa, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, once again. Uh, and thank you for my colleague from California, Mr. McClintock, for bringing this bill. Uh, we've, he has, and I have, uh, firsthand experience with uh, what we saw with the Tahoe Basin demonstration project there, that it actually worked. Uh, when a fire hit there, I believe it was, was it the Tamarack fire that um, occurred in that neighborhood uh, not long ago, when that fire hit up against the work that had been done at Tahoe, it actually worked and made the fire manageable, stoppable, instead of wiping out that much more area. And, and so these projects, they work. So they should be expanded. Under the U.S. Forest Service purview is about 193 million acres nationwide. And an ambitious plan they came out with over a year ago was to treat 10% of that land, about 20 million, over 10 years. That means about 2 million per year of about 200 million. That's 1%. So at the rate of 1% per year of treating these lands, we're going backwards. The amount of board feet that is out there growing daily far surpasses the amount of board feet that we're pulling out of the forest. So we'll be accused like, oh, you're just all in for big industry and all that. Like, no, we're in for trying to have a forest management uh, plan that will succeed long term so we can have, you know, situations uh, that are not like what I had in my district two years ago where a fire known as the Dixie Fire burned a million acres, and that smoke plume went up into the jet stream and affected the East Coast, similarly to what the Canada fires are doing right now. So this is very real. And if you want to talk about climate change, wherever climate change occurs, whether it's uh, because of people or because of uh, other activity, whether it's my mom's hairspray or someone's tailpipe or changing conditions of Earth, then we need to be active at forest management even more so, much more so, because we put in peril all of our Western lands by not treating these lands. And that doesn't mean clear-cutting as they would uh, hysterically yell 
It means wise management, having uh, using these categorical exclusions, and getting Forest Service to have the tools to be able to use them more so. It's not just funding and staff, but not getting sued to death every time someone has an idea for a project, which is very real. That does happen. Many, many lawsuits, even post-fire, when we're trying to do salvage operations. Someone wants to sue last minute, oh, you didn't study for the snail darter, or whatever they make up that week. Extremely frustrating because you have a limited window of time after fire to salvage these woods and turn them into something positive. More than, much more than a year and a half, two years, they no longer have salvage value. Now it's a complete loser in cost of removing it. And as you see frequently on federal lands, they don't really do anything to it anyway. It's, it, the remains out there, those uh, dead snags sitting there, then brush grows back and you got the same problem five to seven years of a highly volatile, high fuel area getting hit by the next fire as opposed to when you see on the private lands, when a federal land has gotten away onto private lands, et cetera, that uh, they're back in there very quickly after the fire, salvaging and replanting because they have a long-term plan to take care of their assets. So moving in the direction of having more ability to use these categorical exclusions, which they're underused by the Forest Service because they have to fight to death to get every, every one of them through, having a little broader range to be able to use them one at a time would be an extremely good tool and help us prevent the loss of complete communities like the town of Paradise, as mentioned, like the town of Greenville, like the town of Canyon Dam, three just in my district in recent years, only because we can't do the type of management around them to have the fire breaks, to have the thinned areas to work the ridge tops so that fire can be preventable going over over the top of, uh, from one ridge to the other as fire cascades mile after mile after mile over these unmanaged, untouched lands for decades, going back to at least 50 years when we used to do these things. So this is a really good, strong step in the right direction. Uh, I know many Western people would love to see something happen as they look out their windows and wonder if the next fire is gonna hit their town, hit their community, and wonder why the Forest Service or BLM hasn't been able to manage the lands in a way that would help save their communities as well as protect the asset of uh, our wonderful forests, our wildlife, and the effect that all has on water supply with uh, the, the ash, the mud, the, the landslides, and everything else that gets into our water system and affects everybody. So this is a positive bill. I would sure like to see strong bipartisan support for it. Now you'll back, Mr. Chairman. Gentleman yields back. Ms. Kamlager Dove, you're recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I too am encouraged by many of the bills uh, that are here before us today in this committee, but respectfully and unfortunately, um, I cannot say the same about HR 188. Um, and I too represent the great state of California and care very deeply about our land and how we are working towards better wildfire management. We know that wildfires are becoming more intense, harder to control, and more catastrophic. Uh, but gutting NEPA and other environmental laws is unnecessary uh, and also reckless given the growing danger we face as a result of drier conditions and climate change. H.R. 188 establishes um, uh, CEs under NEPA for a range of forest management activities and fuel reduction projects 
That would apply to projects up to 10,000 acres and up to 3,000 acres of mechanical thinning. Uh, but before this committee, um, the U.S. Forest Service, and they've been here a few times, expressed concerns. Uh, the bill's requirement to determine whether a project has excessive costs, since the agency is already directed to consider multiple ecosystem benefits. The bill does not include a mandate to maximize profit or return. And lastly, the U.S. Forest Service commented that a CE may be redundant, noting that there are already um, let me get it correct. Existing mandates and authorities for conducting forest management projects in an expedited manner. Uh, yes, HR 188 is modeled after the Lake Tahoe Restoration Act, but yes, uh, Congress also authorized similar CEs for the region. However, in addition to the NEPA process, that authorization also included the authorization of $300 million in funding to prioritize treatments and community safety. Uh, you know, we've done enough to NEPA uh, in the debt ceiling debacle. I think it's time that we give it a break to recuperate. Um, I also just say that I'm concerned about some of the vagueness in the legislation. While it def defines um, interested entities, uh, it doesn't clearly define who the impacted parties are. Uh, what are those definitions is of interest to me and who makes that determination about who those um, impacted parties are um, is also of interest to me, given that we have in intense debates about who should be consulted and who shouldn't be. Um, and lastly, I don't think that the environmental review process uh, should be de detonated because there are too many pages um, for us to read. Um, I'm not concerned, and I don't think anyone is concerned, about reading um, when there is real data and analysis that is included in these processes and in these reviews. Uh, I, I certainly don't think we should be uh, compromising uh, community safety um, as well as you know, wildfire management because we continue to want to churn and burn uh, through NEPA. And so uh, it is for those reasons that I will not be supporting this bill and ask my colleagues um, to do the same. Gentlemen, lady yields back. Is there further discussion? Mr. Moreland, or I'm sorry, Mr. Rosendale was next. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you, uh, Ranking Member Grijalva, as well, for organizing this hearing today. Uh, I'd like to start right off by stating my strong support for Representative McClintock's bill, H.R. 188. As we've seen this past week, forest fires do not just harm the communities where the fire starts and spreads out, but can have far-reaching impacts hundreds of miles away to the smoke and debris resulting from such catastrophes. H.R. 188 will expand the network of tools at the National Forest Service System's disposal to save all areas in the United States from potentially devastating fires, not just the Lake Tahoe Basin. During the Caldor Fire in 2021, the categorical exclusion from NEPA process for forest management provided the Lake Tahoe Basin saved Lake Tahoe from potential ruin as the community was able to manage their forest effectively and decisively. Allowing the categorical exclusion to apply to all lands managed by the Bureau of, of Land Management will help mitigate future fires and allow land managers and local governments to work together to create mitigation plans for their communities in forest reduction. This bill will help Montanans and our communities especially. 
Last year in Montana, 2,063 wildfires burned 125,000 acres. And in 21, just over 2,500 wildfires burned a devastating 940,000 acres. This bill will allow our communities to manage their forests in ways they deem most effective without having to worry about potential NEPA roadblocks interfering with their management and prevent these wildfires from destroying our communities and our air quality, our water quality, and our local economies. The fact of the matter is that if we look back in history, as Forest Service was allowed to harvest dramatically more timber, we had dramatically less wildfires. Go figure. This is not complicated, folks. Not only did we have less wildfires and less habitat destroyed and less air quality destroyed and water quality destroyed, but we literally generated billions of dollars of revenue back for the Forest Service so that they didn't have to come to this institution and ask for money to run their operations. This is not complicated. And so when I hear my colleagues across the aisle talk about gutting out NEPA and compromising the environmental standards, look at the facts and look at history, and it tells you very clearly that when we harvested more timber, less wildfires took place. More revenue was generated for the institution, for the agency. So let's go back to what works and allow these people to do what they do best and keep our forests healthier, keep our economy stronger, keep our air and water quality higher, higher, the standards higher, and, and, and stop turning all this over to radical environmentalists that are making our trees come out of the forest up in smoke, literally, instead of on the back of a truck. I yield back. Thank you. Gentleman yields back. Is there further discussion? <clears throat> Mr. Moreland, you're recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I wish to waive my five minutes to the sponsor, Mr. McClintock. I appreciate uh, the gentleman for yielding. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're, we're told that we should trust the science. So here's the science on this. According to the University of California, wildfire emissions in 2020 alone were twice as high as the state's entire greenhouse gas reductions between 2003 and 2019. In fact, wildfires were the second biggest source of carbon dioxide emissions in California in 2020. You know, I've asked the ranking member before, can he not see how self-contradictory and self-destructive his policies uh, have been, uh, even uh, to, to, to the cause of reducing carbon dioxide emissions? Nearly 1.8 billion tons of carbon dioxide were released due to forest fires just in 2021 alone. That's nearly three times the projected reductions in 2030 based on the Inflation Reduction Act's claims. Three times. Uh, Stephen Moore uh, 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 summed it up this way. Rather than shutting down American energy, forcing people to buy electric vehicles, holding 35 international climate change conferences, banning gas stoves and air conditioners, killing hundreds of thousands of cows, spending hundreds of billions of dollars on uneconomical wind and solar farms, imposing massive green taxes on the economy, and hitting the great reset on the world industrial economy, which would cause massive global poverty. Why don't the politicians just devise a way to manage forests better? That's a very important question that I believe that this, this legislation answers. Uh, uh, 
the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, just uh, ran an article uh, called uh, That Smoke, Not Climate Change by Mary Anastasio O'Grady. Uh, and in it, she quotes what we just heard back today from different sources, Biden calling uh, uh, Canada another stark reminder of the impacts of climate change, uh, uh, Justin Trudeau joining the chorus. Um, and she writes this, their claims are bunk. A 2020 study, Trends in Canadian Forest uh, Fires, 1959 to 2019, found that, quote, there was a sharp increase in destruction caused by forest fires in the first half of that 60-year period and a general decline in the second half. The study, published by the Vancouver-based Fraser Institute, reported that, uh, quote, the all-time peak of fire activity in 1989 involved some 7.6 million hectares burned, while the most recent national data show only 1.8 million hectares uh, burned in 2019. Fire activity varied significantly across the country. Whereas Alberta had its second highest fire loss in 2019, 1981 was its worst, uh, in the Prairie Provinces, peak fire activity occurred several decades ago. In the East, levels of forest fire activity were steady. In fact, uh, I'd like to ask unanimous consent uh, to insert into uh, the record uh, the Fraser Institute's uh, report on this. It's entitled, Canada's Burning Because of Bad Forest Policy, Not Climate Change. <laughs> those Without are, objections. Those ordered. are the facts, and as Adams once said, facts can be stubborn things. Um, I remind my colleagues, only you can prevent forest fires. Maybe, maybe not all of them, but I can say with confidence that this bill will minimize many forest fires and save many communities from the catastrophe visited on towns like Grizzly Flats. And by the way, it will also reduce carbon emissions caused by catastrophic wildfire. Please, let's not waste any more time or any more lives or any more property. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Does the gentleman from Guam yield back? Is there any further discussion on the bill? I now recognize myself. Um, I too strongly support Mr. McClintock's bill and it's, it's interesting in this job how we get to talk about things that we don't think we would normally get to talk about. And today we get a chance to talk about the boreal forest of Canada, which I didn't envision us having that conversation in this committee, but because of a shift in wind direction last week, we all experienced uh, what many people on the West Coast experience every year uh, with thick smoke here in Washington, D.C. But as we look at those, those boreal forests, uh, they're a different type of forest than we have here in, in the U.S. for the most part. They're a uh, they're fire adapted species and they're what we term in the forest, forestry world even aged. And even aged means if you go out in these forests and bore cores out of the trees and count the rings, you're going to find out all these trees are pretty much the same age, even if uh, some are bigger and some are smaller. And you might ask the question, why are these native forests even aged? And it's because the boreal forests of Canada are forests that uh, have stand-replacing forest fires on an interval of 100 to 200 years. You're not going to find many forests in Canada over 200 years old because there's going to be a catastrophic wildfire that comes in and burns everything to the ground, but these forests are adapted to, to grow back up out of the ashes. And Mr. Huffman adequately described the forest management practices in Canada are clear-cutting because 
clear-cutting mimics a, a uh, stand-replacing forest fire. And that's what the land managers use up there to imitate the natural occurrences that happen. And there's always been big forest fires in Canada this year, to be accurate. They're happening earlier uh, than they normally do. And uh, there is a drying, it's drier in uh, less humid conditions than what they typically see, but it's certainly not something that hasn't happened in past history. Um, in fact, if you really study this, you'll find that before humans intervened, the forest fires would literally burn from one major watershed to the other, taking out everything in their path, and then the seeds would sprout up out of the ashes. So had it not been for a change in wind direction last week and socking in D.C. with smoke in New York City, we probably wouldn't even be talking about the, the forest fires in the boreal forest. Now, we have some forests like that in the U.S. If you want to see something that's similar, go out to Yellowstone and look at the, uh, the massive lodgepole pine forest that uh, you, from a management standpoint, you really can't thin these forests and do a lot of good. If you thin them, they oftentimes fall over. Uh, and they, again, they're gonna burn up about every 100 years. That huge fire in Yellowstone back in the 80s, that was a natural occurrence. Took out about a third of the forest in Yellowstone. And guess what? Within the next 100 years, there's probably gonna be another third of Yellowstone go up in fire. It's a natural part of the ecosystem, but that's not how all forests are in the U.S. It's not how the forests are in the Tahoe Basin, where Mr. McClintock uh, got this bipartisan uh, CE to do management on 10,000 acres at a time. Those forests thrive when you thin them. And you can thin them, and then when fire goes through its low intensity, it also protects neighborhoods. And we've seen how catastrophic these fires are, but you also see from this map how when that, the Caldor fire hit this management zone, it dropped down, as Mr. McClintock already very accurately uh, explained, how the city of South Lake Tahoe was spared, but also how Grizzly Flats was not spared. And I, again, I was out there when this work was first being done. I was out there last summer. I have not been to Grizzly Flats. I'm not sure I really want to see, uh, see that. It's not there anymore, right. thanks to these policies. But thanks to these policies, we're hopefully going to save some, some towns and not have more grizzly flats. Um, I'm telling you, as we would say in Arkansas, the proof's in the pudding. And you go there and you see where the management's been done, and you see the results, and I don't know how you can, can argue uh, the results of forest management and the results of non-management. And this is behind me is the picture of non-management. So we can do better. Mr. McClintock's bill is a great first step in that. That's why I support it. And I know that it's not something that can be used everywhere across the country, but we've got to trust our forest land managers to use it where appropriate uh, to do the work that can save human lives, that can save uh, structures, but more, uh, but also can save our forest, which are very beneficial in many ways when it comes to air quality, when it comes to water quality, to wildlife habitat, to recreational opportunities, and all those benefits, uh, which all are winners when we have healthy forest. Uh, I uh, yield back my time I've already gone over and ask if there any further discussion on the bill.
Uh, it is now in order to consider amendments to H.R. 188. I recognize the gentleman from California, Mr. McClintock, for the purpose of offering his amendment in the nature of a substitute designated McClintock A&S. Without objection, the amendment to consider uh, is considered read and open to amendment at any point. Uh, is there further discussion on the amendment? Or I guess, Mr. McClintock, if you'd like to present your a &S. Well, Mr. Chairman, I, I addressed that in my opening statement. All right, is there any further discussion on the amendment? If there's no further discussion on the amendment, it is now in order to consider amendments to the McClintock ANS. Uh, no additional amendments have been filed. Are there any additional amendments? Hearing none, the question is on the amendment in the nature of a substitute offered by the gentleman from California, Mr. McClintock, designated McClintock ANS. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All those opposed, no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it, and the amendment is agreed to. There's no further discussion on the, the bill. I move that the Committee on Natural Resources favorably report H.R. 188 as amended to the House with the recommendation that the bill be approved. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All those opposed, no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it and the bill is amended. Uh, it's, uh, a recorded vote has been requested. Further proceedings on H.R. 188 will be postponed. Okay, the, the uh, chair declares the committee in resource, or in the committee on resources in recess uh, until the call of the chair, and that's anticipated at 11.30, where we'll come back and vote. 